It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Now, the sad story of the disappearance, indeed, and death of Noah Donoghue uh, threw up an unusual issue over the weekend. The independent investigation by the journalist Donald McIntyre, who's carried out many investigations, of course, and broadcast them on TV, has led to questions about one decision in particular that was made by the police. Now, the story was told in the Sunday World by Nicola Tallent. And just before I came on air a few moments ago, I, I spoke to Nicola. Nicola, first of all, could you tell me about Donald McIntyre's investigation? Yeah, Donald has put together a team of independent experts um, to work with him, including Clive Driscoll, who would have uh, been one of the detectives that solved the, the Stephen Lawrence case in the UK. And he's been working on the investigation into the mystery disappearance and the death of Noah Donoghue for some time now. Um, in the course of that investigation, he has... Uh, uncovered this new basically um piece of uh well we won't call it evidence because it doesn't appear to have been used as that but this strange set of circumstances that noah donahue in the early hours of the morning he disappeared left his house sneaked out of the the home and was caught on cctv walking off into a rainy night into belfast uh, and doesn't return He's later captured again on the CCTV another 35 minutes later. Um, now, the team have criticised the fact that th- that piece of uh, information wasn't used in appeals, that uh, he's actually, the, the, the Noah was wearing a pair of flip-flops and carrying headphones when he left. When he comes back, he doesn't have them, that those items weren't photographed or used uh, in appeals to the public to find out what he was doing. I mean, it's a significant amount of time. It's not just a few minutes. Um, and the evidence came to light through discovery given to the solicitor, the legal team acting on behalf of Fiona Donoghue. Um, and she says that she didn't know that Noah had left the house in the early hours of that morning. So he tended to sneak out at three o'clock in the morning. Was he on foot or did he use his bicycle that, at that time? Yeah, it was 3.30am. He was on foot and he was dressed in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. He was holding headphones and he had a pair of Marks and Spencer flip-flops on his feet. Um, a rainy, rainy night, apparently, in, in Belfast. Um, and he left and he came back 35 minutes later at five minutes past 4 a.m. Uh, with bare feet and no headphones. So wherever he went, um, those items were 
either left or taken or whatever. And I think Fiona Dunahoo has regularly raised the possibility that there might have been something going on in the background that, you know, this county line's suggestion that, you know, was he being used by criminals? Was he being groomed? Whatever. There's no evidence in regards to that. But I think that this sort of secret um, sojourn in the middle of the, in the early hours of the morning is something which will throw more questions really at this investigation than, than answer them. Um, the worry um, for Fiona, that county lines reference where it's an English reference to young teenagers who get caught up in transporting drugs when people wouldn't expect them to be transporting drugs. Yeah, I mean, listen, the county lines, I suppose, is pushing drugs out across you know, into into all sorts of communities and areas. It was a phrase that was used in the UK and it involved, I suppose, drug dealers using vulnerable local people to supply for them. I think anybody in this day and age knows that a child, a vulnerable child, could be groomed by a drug gang. That's absolutely, you know, not a shocking revelation that that could happen. In this case, there is no evidence that this is what has happened, but I think... The investigation team believed that um, it was that the PSNI should have, from the very beginning, with that information, have have made public appeals to try and find out where he was in the middle of the night, where he was going, for a 14-year-old to to make a journey like that or a trip like that in the early hours of the morning is unusual. It, it's you know it is absolutely unusual, and as I say, it's not a few minutes involved here; it's 35 minutes. So, so did the PSNI not think, not, did the PSNI not think it's strange that this young fella had gone out at three o'clock, half three in the morning for half an hour or so, got soaking wet, been caught on CCTV doing that the day before he disappeared? Did they not think it's strange enough to tell his mom? Well, it was the day he disappeared. You know what I mean? Because it was the early hours of that. It was 5 p.m. the day of the 21st of June 2020 that he left on the bicycle. This was, you know, 3.30 a.m., you know, 14 hours earlier, whatever that was. So why would they um, not have told his mum? Tell her, no. Well, they didn't tell her, and she only got those, the, her her legal team only got discovery of that, that CCTV last October. So it's only coming to light now as part of this investigation. Uh, she has said that she couldn't bring herself to look at it. Why did they not tell his mother? I have no idea. I mean, I can't answer questions as regards what's going through the PSNI, but I suppose if we stand back and look at it objectively, it does seem strange that, given what happened later that day, given that strange journey the child made across Belfast, and given how he was found six days later dead in that drain, how they didn't sort of robustly investigate everything that was going on around that and use the, um, you know, either the footage or you can obviously, I mean, they were a mass market pair of flip-flops from Marks and Spencer. They could have easily got a photograph of them and used them. We often see that in cases of missing people. They might show their clothing. You know, they might show a car. They were seeing it, whatever. So it, it does seem like possibly a missed opportunity, which could have maybe raised further suggestions that there was something going on in the background or could have closed that down. You know what I mean? Perhaps there was nothing going on. Perhaps he went for a walk in the middle of the night, met nobody, saw nobody and came back to the house. But we don't know because I suppose that opportunity has has somewhat been missed now. It's very difficult to get people to jog their memories back, um, you know, 
that far back. Sadly, there are many conspiracy theories around what might have happened to Noah. Uh, do, do you feel that what we read yesterday in the Sunday World, what Donald McIntyre has d- discovered, that this is going to add fuel to those conspiracy theorists, or will they be prepared to wait until the final outcome of the police investigation, the inquest, all of that, and indeed Donald McIntyre's separate independent investigation? I think, unfortunately, it will add probably fuel to the conspiracy theories that are already in place. And this is the problem, really, when, you know, we're reliant on police forces. I'm an outsider here because, you know, I haven't been covering this story in any great detail. Um, I work largely in the South. But what happens is, if an investigation isn't carried out absolutely robustly, there are reasons sometimes that police forces will withhold information. It could be because, you know, they don't want it out in the public arena for various reasons. Maybe they, you know, it's part of the, usually it's in the case of if there has been a murder and they will withhold a piece of information so as they can use it to, you know, to, to, to categorically say X, Y or Z happened. But unfortunately, in this case, um, it, it would have been a probably a cleaner um, situation at this point had they come out with that from much earlier on, had they discovered the the CCTV to the mother and told her earlier on, um, to the lawyers, had they used it, as I say, as part of an appeal. Um, there's There seems to be a lot of agitators almost around this case um, and, and people with all sorts of theories, given the area he went into, etc. The coroner of the PSNI do not believe a third party was involved in this. And this piece of uh, information doesn't also give any evidence that there was a third party involved, but it does deepen the mystery and deepen the, the, the place where questions are being asked. What was he doing? What was going on in this child's life? And in you know, the... Was there a suggestion there was anybody there in the ether or that he was out meeting somebody or, you know. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, when, when investigations aren't open and transparent, they will kind of become a breeding ground almost for conspiracy theories. And in the meantime, we've got a grieving mom. It would break your heart every time you see Fiona Donahue a picture or see her on social media because she's carrying this hurt, grief and, and loss, understandably, but constantly. And until she gets final answers and closure, she will continue to ask very relevant questions and she'll carry the, the hurt and the loss forever. And, you know, perhaps the independent investigation team in the course of their their work will find an answer that is the same answer, maybe, that the PSNI and the coroner have concluded that there isn't a third party. Um, you know, but they might close off some of those questions she has by by more robustly investigating the areas that, that they feel have been left a little bit uh, open by... Um, the, the, the investigation teams that are in place. So, yeah, look, I mean, it's a horrendous tragedy every time you think of it and see the pictures of the little boy and all the rest of it. And whatever he was doing in the early hours of the morning, it's 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 very um, traumatic to think that whatever was going on with him, that he was going out on his own on a rainy night, you know, and going off into the city wherever and doing what. You know, it's it's um, it's a terribly sad case. Um, so hopefully, 
you know, as as the investigation continues, there will be answers. Don't think any answer is going to make things better or heal the mother, the loss of that child. But um, you know, they might give a bit of closure. Hopefully those answers will come and as you say they may come courtesy of Donald McIntyre who's investigated many issues in the past as an investigative uh, journalist. That will be after the inquest. When, when do you expect his film to be shown? You wrote about this yesterday obviously in the Sunday World Nicola. Uh, do you know a, a, a date or a proposed yeah, well, date? I think it's an ongoing it's an ongoing project. I've worked myself with Donald in the past um, and when he gets his teeth into something he he certainly uh, goes for it, but he, he's very much kind of recording and and recording his own investigations, his own inquiries as, as it goes along. The inquest, I believe, sat this week, uh, sorry, last week, um, and there were further issues around CCTV and discovery of them that I think the inquest is going to have to rule on. The PSNI do not want to give discovery of, of further CCTV. The family want it. And the coroner is going to have to rule on whether or not that is given. Um, and that's going to take some time. There's going to have to be, you know, legal arguments from both sides, like any normal court case. Um, it was due to go ahead, the inquest in September. I think it's probably going to be kicked on now, possibly into next year. Um, so no documentary will be shown until that case, you know what I mean, that that, that is completed. Um, but in the meantime... I think the team are working away on on all sorts of areas around the case, including they were looking for um, some expertise around the water content that was found in the drain. And they're kind of going into forensic analysis of of things and, um, yeah, working away basically in the background. So it'll be a few months. These documentaries are never quickly turned around. They usually take, you know, a year or so to make. So um, it'll be probably next year before we see it. Absolutely. Uh, Nicola, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for joining us on the programme. Thank you. Okay, thank you. That is it, Nicola Talent from the uh, Sunday World uh, talking about the investigation, independent investigation being carried out by the investigative journalist Donald McIntyre and, of course, the overall story around the tragic death of young Noah. Uh, This is the U105 phone-in. Good morning.